Rodgers has it. Gives to Franklin. He no, dies. No, I don't think no, he got it. I no, don't think he got out, it. The ball is out. The Bengals have scooped it up. Burrow bouncing in the pocket. His throw caught at the 10-yard line. He's nice, nice. straight into the end zone. Touchdown, Bengals. It's a TD. Hello and welcome to episode 134 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. We are uh, watered and rested and ready to go for the new season. Um, We thought we'd uh, come back now because uh, training camp is just around the corner and it seemed like the opportune time to talk a bit of American football uh, to, uh, to you, our lovely listeners. I hope you're well. Um... Obviously, COVID still ripping across the country, so it's still quite scary. So I hope you've been okay. Um, I know someone who has been okay, just about. It's Nathan Palmer. He's back with me now. Nathan, hello. How you doing, my son? It's a pleasure to be back. Um, I'm sweltering today, son. I'm working from home, top floor flat, pretty airless. I'm not in a very good place, to be honest, but your voice has brightened, <laughs> brightened my afternoon up. Now, uh, I'm imagining you sort of kind of condensation cascading down the walls there. You just dressed in in uh, just underpants, I like to think, and uh, just the windows flown open and you just swearing every two minutes. If American listeners don't know, we are going. The UK is experiencing a heat wave, which is very novel indeed. The temperatures are up into the 30s. I've just had to turn my fan off, and I am now within minutes of me turning the fan off. I am now sweating uh, like some sweaty thing, and um, I've got the window open, so you may hear some traffic uh, coming through. But the sun is beating into my room, and it is really hot. Um, it's quite a strange experience, isn't it, for the UK to have a heat wave like this? But well, no one has any aircon, do they? That's the problem. Like, yeah. If we had to air conditioning, if that was standardised, but I mean, you'd only use it two weeks of the year, so it wouldn't be a very efficient thing to install. But I'm terrible in the heat, mate. Anyway, some people I feel like I've got a bit more Mediterranean sort of, you know, they can handle it a bit more, and they're used <clears> to the hot weather. I'm terrible, mate. Honestly, I'm used. To, I'm designed for a 15 degree overcast day <laughs> in, uh, in October. That's the sort of weather I'm about. Yeah, I only have to look at the sun, and uh, I a sweat begins to pour at my uh, out of my face. A man, a big man, has got on a big motorcycle. So if you hear that in the background, apologies. Can you hear that? Oh yeah, it's a growling away. It's like growling, like a like purring, like a, like a horny cat. A horny cat. Um, well, yes. Um, yeah, so um, the weather, typical British start to a podcast, talking about the weather. But there you go. I bet you've missed this, this podcast kind of gold, uh, listeners. Um, I am keeping uh, cool, I should say, by drinking. You never guess what I'm drinking, uh, Nathan. Um, if you're drinking a Menabrea, I'm going to be wildly jealous. No, because I can't find any anywhere where I live. So I've gone for the Tony's Hopper Lonely. Uh, now oh, well, that that milkshake thing, white chocolate and raspberry milkshake IPA. Now, regular listeners to this podcast will know uh, that me and Nathan really do enjoy a good quality session on uh, a bar of Tony Chocolonely's chocolate. But now they've teamed up with a brewer, Brew Dog, to make beer, and uh, instead of going like uh, I don't know normal beer, they've gone for white chocolate and raspberry milkshake flavored beer. And I'm drinking that now. I feel like Tony's let us down with that, really. Like, I feel <laughs> no, like that, right. it doesn't sound great. And we've we've been courting them to sponsor the podcast for a while. There's been quite a few listeners that have had a dabble on their chocolate. It's banging chocolate. I have to endorse it. But I, I don't really like Brewdog. You know, not a big fan of Brewdog. A bit, a bit dodgy and a bit, you know, a bit sort of can be a bit wankers with some of their policies and some of the stuff they've been accused of, whatever, whatever. But yeah, just this like, who's in the mood really for a what was it? A strawberry milkshake? No, it's, it's a white chocolate, IPA. white chocolate and raspberry milkshake IPA. Whoever came up with, I mean, you, I mean, 
didn't take you long I feel to like get... I've got to give it a go, but... It didn't take you long to, to go on a rant, does it? We're back barely five minutes in and you're already ranting I'm, away. You've already I'm comes... very ranty in the heat, mate. You've... I've got a bad temper in the heat. You've so already... Co- don't, don't, don't talk anything that's going to set me off today. <laughs> You've already called, called someone a wanker and it's not even five minutes into the podcast yet. Um, anyway, um, it's, it's actually deeply unpleasant, so... Um, I not can't say I'm enjoying it particularly, but I bought four cans and by God, I'm going to drink them all. Um, Ship one down to me, son. I, I wouldn't mind one. Get yourself down to Sainsbury's. Try. They're all in, in your local Sainsbury's, Nathan. Um, other okay. supermarkets are available, of course. Um, <laughs> today, tonight, in this episode, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we do have a special guest. We'll be talking to uh, Bengals running back, uh, Travion Williams. How exciting is that? Really looking forward to speaking with him. Uh, we wanted to try and get a player on to talk uh, to us prior to training camp because once those guys get on the uh, the hamster wheel of training camp, then pre-season games, then the season itself, we haven't got a chance really uh, of talking to anyone. So I'm really pleased that we've got Travion. And he's a bit of a fan favourite, old Travion, isn't he? He is indeed, yeah. I know he's um, he's quite sort of engaged with the fans on Twitter and during the games. I believe he's quite good at popping over. I know he's good. He's very fond of um, Bengals captain. Aren't we um, all? Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Exactly. So, yeah, fantastic to have him on. I'm looking forward to having a chat to him, see what he's got to say, see what his thoughts are on the upcoming season, you know, what his conditioning's been like, if he can, you know, edge out P. Ryan for that number two job. Is that you think, what he might be trying to gun for? Yeah, I mean, now Gio's gone, you'd hope for certainly increased uh, production and increased snaps for Travion, wouldn't you? That that has to be the plan going forward. Um, but we'll talk to Travion about that. Uh, we've also got your correspondence, but we're just easing ourselves back into this, folks. We're not going to do anything crazy. We haven't got any silly games uh, planned. We're just going to ease ourselves back in by the hope but like we're a finely tuned athlete i think and i think we need to uh we do need to ease ourselves in you can't go uh full cock straight away uh or else the cock will um what metaphor am i looking for here i'm not i'm not quite sure but um um but yes uh we're going to ease us in and the way we're going to do that is talk about um training camp it's always uh, a fun time because we get to see the uh, players back in pads, beating merry hell out of each other. The Oklahoma drill, uh, all kinds of amazing catches. Undrafted free agents making catches down the sideline, suddenly being proclaimed as Pro Bowl material. That always happens in uh, training camp. But there are a few key areas on this roster, I think, that... Um, is worth a look at. Where do you want to start, Nathan? Would you see any kind of battles ahead of training camp? Any any positions that you've got your eye on? I would say a quite a lot of this team, in terms of starters and uh, and backups and 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 rotation, is pretty much set. But any any sort of interesting areas for you? I just think the defensive side of the ball is slightly more interesting when you look at the linebackers. A lot of young players there that are going to be vying for positions and sort of prove themselves to get on the roster. I mean, you look at the guy we had on our podcast about you know around this time last year, Marcus Bailey. He'll be looking mm-hmm. to sort of try and establish himself and get a bit more playing time. And obviously, any other guys in that group that want to say, look, you know, don't go outside the building and sign a proven veteran. I think we all know that we need another position. Uh, linebacker, obviously, you know, still a lot of young guys there. Logan Wilson, Davis Gates are only going into their second season. Jermaine Pratt is third. Um, there's really not much experience there. And obviously those guys will be desperate as fans for them to take a step forward and really excel because on paper that looks, you know, very, I would almost say shockingly weak. Um, shockingly so really weak? Shockingly well, it weak? Does, I mean, yeah, I just feel like Logan Wilson played well last year, but obviously... You know, he sort of, I think he was a bit hurt down the stretch and stuff. So it's like, you know, he flashed, he looked good. Um, but he's a standout player and he's only got less than a year's experience under his belt in that entire unit. You know, you've got literally it's Wilson Pratt, Davis Gaither, your mate Jordan Evans. Jordan Evans. And then Mar- Marcus Bailey and Keandre Jones. Is that right? Indeed, and and uh, Joe Bacci as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. But I mean, goodness me, like you know, that that's not 
there's not one player on there that's got more than, you know, two seasons of, I mean, Jordan Evans might actually, excuse me, but there's really not a player on there that you'd, you'd be looking at. If you were another, if you were another fan of another team in the NFL, like if you're just going to pull, like if you're a new, uh, new Orleans Saints fan and you said, these are the Bengals linebackers, I don't think they'd be able to name one of them, you know, and that's no disrespect to these guys. There's some good young talent there, but you've got to hope they bring in a guy with more experience or you've got to hope that these guys really do make a step forward in training camp and really sort of catch the eye because we need that. You know, you need these young lads. You need one of them to really sort of take it by the scruff of the neck. Um, but yeah, so I've got, got a bit aggressive there already, son, and I? Yeah, you need to chill. You need to get yourself a sombrero or uh, not the... Uh, or a solero. A solero, even. That's what I was talking Maybe a sombrero and a solero. Solero, uh, for Tom American Bowen, yeah. readers, is an ice popsicle, I think Americans call it. We call them... Do they not have Soleros in the US? I'm sure they do, but I'm just trying to be helpful, Nathan. Anybody that's listening to them this first time, thinking, what's he talking about, eating a sombrero? or sole- What is a Solero? I'm trying to explain. Soleros are banging there. I do like a Calippo in the heat, I must yeah. say. Yeah. It's a nice. It's, they sort last of, quite. They last quite a long time. Calippos as well. They do, and you nice. can sort of rub them across your face. It's a good, a good oh. long shape that uh, that you give your face a good rub. Anyway, good. Um, right. Um, so you're saying, you know, you've got uh, uh, Davis, Gaither, uh, Pratt, and Wilson there. Uh, Bailey, Jordan Evans, Keandre Jones, Joe Bacci. I agree. That doesn't. Uh, inspire confidence Pratt kind of has been up and down uh, Akeem looked exposed at times but then flashed at other times certainly the most uh, consistent of that out of all those three was Logan Wilson and uh, you'd hope that he would continue his development um, I still would quite like them to sign someone if they could in the linebacker department it's one area that uh, I think that needs a little bit of a, a veteran presence back there, don't you? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think that, you know, the, we've talked about this for a while now, just sort of obviously having a look around and see who's there. I mean, it was interesting to see the Steelers the other day, the, the mortal enemy, go out and pick up uh, Melvin Ingram to sort of spruce up their um, rotation. At the he's he's a good player, hell of a player, hell of a player is here. Yeah, and I think obviously you know, <clears> there are some guys out there. I mean, we're not just talking about sort of the linebacker. I mean, Geno Atkins this week got cleared um, by doctors from his That's torn right. pecs. So he's now, there's going to be a few teams now sniffing around him, possibly including ourselves as well. Um, I, I would expect there to be someone brought in, and I hope that it's sooner rather than later because. You know, you want this player to, whoever it might be, to sort of get into training camp, you know, learn the system, acclimatise with his teammates, build up that chemistry. Because I really think that's the one area that, you know, last year and I think the year before that, before the seasons, a lot of fans very worried about the offensive line. I think we took some steps forward there. This year, the glaring error for me really feels like a linebacker. And that's been a position in the past where a lot of people have had gripes around with sort of giving up, um, you know, a lot of plays to tight ends and not being able to stop the run. And I just think that, you know, it does concern me that um, that could be our Achilles heel moving forward. But if you use Mike Hilton creatively, if you use Von Bell creatively, and he certainly looked yeah, very good, good down the stretch, did Von Bell uh, last season. Um, certainly, certainly more at home, closer to the line of scrimmage, uh, out in kind of in coverage, I guess you'd call it. But um, I don't know, you can mitigate because a lot of the time. You know, certainly in nickel packages, there's only going to be two linebackers on the field, you know. So, um, will will the signing of of Mike Hilton and the usage of Von Bell mitigate against um, a pretty kind of bare linebacker room? Um, I don't know. We'll see. It's all down to it's a good point because you forget they can use them as a high as hybrids, and I think that's a really well made point. The only issue I would say is that if in training camp, you know, God forbid, touch every bit of wood next to you, oh, yeah, but yeah. you know, if, if Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt went down with injuries, and you went into the season with what Davis Gaither and Marcus Bailey and Keandre Jones, I mean, me and you would be getting on the plane, son. Do you know what I mean? Like you couldn't you be. couldn't go into the season like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That that's why it just worries me from a depth uh, depth perspective. Because I think if you look at other positions, you know, certainly like wide receiver is very very strong. Uh, even on the offensive line, now you've got some sort of proven experience. 
um, or some very sort of high potential like draft pick talent sitting there now. So it, it does feel better from that perspective. But linebacker just makes me nervous, my son. Yes, it does. Um, do you want to know something I found out um, uh, in the off season while we were on break? Go on. Apparently, uh, the fillet o' fish was invented in Cincinnati. <laughs> is that true? It's, it, it is true. Apparently, so <laughs> it actually blew my mind, and because uh, I like, you know, and you know, regular listeners will know that me, me, and you. Um, are vegetarians, but we do stretch to a bit of fish now and again. And when drink has been taken, I have been known to stagger into my local McDonald's, order like three filio fishes, three fries, and a and a and a strawberry milkshake. Absolute bollocks! You have three filio fishes. I do. I do. I'd never find That's one is outrageous. enough. I never find two is enough. Uh, and then, obviously, about twenty minutes later, I vomit in on the pavement. Uh, but no, I don't. Um, but yeah, uh, fillet fish was invented in um, in Cincinnati. So there's another reason to love Cincinnati. Prime, flaky, fr- the freshest cod fillet, uh, breadcrumbed with a, a lovely piece of fresh cheese and some z- ah. zingy tartar sauce, together held together with a couple of sweet buns. Is this like a plug for the McDonald's? <laughs> no, it's not, I'm not. By McDonald's without you telling me. You could be doing the voiceover for their commercial the way this exactly. is Exactly. Uh, but I'm not, unfortunately. How, how do you even know that, anyway? Like, pop- this, what, is just the board of McDonald's just sit there one day in Cincinnati and say, I've got a new idea for a burger, <laughs> here it is? Uh, no, it, it, it was... Um, I saw something in uh, on Twitter, obviously. I know that you're not supposed to uh, take everything on Twitter with a... Uh, as gospel, but I did see it yesterday, um, and um, yeah, and apparently it was. Uh, uh, let's have a look. Um, Lou Groen, um and his his. Uh, let me just read this right. Yes, his goal, Lou's goal, was to uh, invent a meatless sandwich during Lent, and he came up with the fish burger. This was in, like, uh, the 1960s. And he went to McDonald's legend Ray Kroc with his filet of fish um, um, Yeah, and uh, that was that. So, yeah, not very, a good story. Not very well told there. But, um, yeah, there, so it was all down to Lou Groan from Cincinnati. Uh, and the history of Cincinnati right there. There you go. You get everything with this podcast, don't you? You do. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I do tend to eat filet fishes really quickly. Um, I can just like almost in two mouthfuls, um, uh, a filet fish can go down. That's why I get. That's two quite or a three. shocking revelation. Three filet fishes, a large fries, and a strawberry milk. I reckon that's two and a half thousand calories. That's your exactly, lot right exactly. That's why I don't At eat least. McDonald's anymore, and that's why it gives me severe gastrointestinal uh, disturbance. Um, I think it must swiftly I, moving on. I think they must. Uh, I think they must put something in the buns because they're quite sweet, aren't they? The buns on the fillet. Anyway, this is a whole other podcast. Let's get back to the football. Um, I find the defensive line quite um, fascinating because, in terms of bodies, we've got the most. I mean, you're looking at Hubbard, Reader, Ogunjobi, Hendrickson as starters, and then behind them you've got Sample, Shelvin. Uh, Mickey Daniels, uh, Khalid Kareem, who's a bit of a forgotten man, I guess. Ronell Wren, another guy who's got a lot to prove. Khalil McKenzie, Josh Tupu, Amani Bledsoe, Freedom Akinmaladen, Darius Hart. I mean, there's a load of guys there. So those big boys are going to be getting after it in camp um, with the hope that um, they can make the roster. I mean... And then you're talking about the rookies on the defensive end as well, Joseph Osai and White Hubert. So there's a lot of competition there for what? I don't know, maybe eight to ten places maximum. It's mad there because you think about the, the amount of names you said. The only two off the top of my head that have you said, and you must have said ten to twelve at least, the only two lads that were on the roster last year were Hubbard and Reader. Is that right? 
Um, Mike Daniels at one point was, wasn't he? Yeah, Mike Daniels. Well, Khalid Kareem was. Renel Wren, but injured reserve, obviously. Um, Khalil McKenzie, Amani Bledsoe was on there. Freedom Akin Maladen was on there. I mean, people that sort of had like decent level of playing time. Yeah, though, yeah, of course, I mean? yeah. But I mean, I mean, completely revamped unit, and it needed it. Let's face it, absolutely needed it because because pressure on the quarterback just wasn't happening last year. Um, I'm actually excited to see, again, you can kind of say they've gone for depth. They've certainly added a hell of a lot of depth. You know, Zach Taylor came out and kind of said, we do not want to be in that position again where we're calling guys off the street just to play some snaps, you know. Um, I like the look of that defensive room, I have to say. Um, But there's still a lot of ifs and buts, isn't there, really? I think Reader coming back is huge. I think yeah. Hendrickson's potentially a really good signing. I like Asai, what he could bring, and I like Cam Sample, and I love Tyler Shelvin, and we know what Daniels can do. But it's just a case, you know, can Renell Rens, you know, have an injury for a year and do something, show us what he's about? Can Josh Tupu pick up where he left off? And is there room for him on the roster now? They have yeah. Shelvin and Reader. Um I don't know. It's it's a tricky one. I do I do think that um, uh, Khalid Kareem's got to do some work. I think um, Wyatt Hubert's got to do some work in camp. I think he's the guy that he's one of the guys actually, or he's the type of personality that that would really um, flash in camp. Whether he can keep that consistency, so I don't know. Looking forward to seeing that group because goodness me, if we can get some pressure on the quarterback, that will make. Such a big difference, I think. The big difference this year as well, I think, is that you've got a pre-season of three games. Last year, you didn't have that. It was very much, you had a very limited camp to try and sort of flash your skill set. And there's going to be some actual playing time for these guys now, um, which I think always for for rookies, for undrafted players, for second-year players that haven't played that much, it's a great opportunity to showcase what you've got, get around the ball, um, and sort of make a name for yourself. So, That'll be interesting to see who can step up. And we desperately need it because I think there are, like I said, a lot, especially on the defensive side of the ball, more so. A lot of question marks, a lot of ifs, a lot of maybes, potentials. And I think it's going to be a big job for Lou on the defensive side of the ball to gel these guys together, build some team spirit, some chemistry, get everyone up to speed with the system. I think he's got a tough job on his hands. And I think he has been in the past on the the hot seat at times. And I, I think even more than ever, he's going to be on it going into the start of this season with a very different looking unit, shall we say. Interestingly, the Athletic, Paul and Jay of the Athletic, um, ran a um, a kind of reader survey about the Bengals uh, earlier on this week. And or at least they published the results earlier on this week and the the intro everyone seemed fairly positive and I think everyone is fairly positive they drafted well on paper they made some nice signings in free agency on paper the team looks to have far more depth and competition than uh, has been the last three years um so people feeling feeling positive you know Burrow's back as well so everyone's feeling positive about that um they were really split about Zach and he's sort of coaching, you know. I think I think the, the, the conclusion was everybody, well, not everybody, but the vast majority of people really like, like Zach Taylor, but they're still not quite sure about his coaching skills and, um, how we say, in-game management and, you know, decision in-game decisions more than anything, you know. Um, so I found that quite interesting. Everybody really likes him as a guy, but... There's not that kind of wholesale, yes, we're behind Zach kind of vibe. Do you know what I mean? So I do think when we talk about competition and um, training camp battles, I mean, the pressure's on this year for Zach and especially Lou, I think, because they suddenly, you know, as we've mentioned before, they the pretty much all of the players from the Marvin Lewis era have gone. He's finally yeah. got his guys in... Um, now's the time really for Zach to show what it's all about and there really aren't any excuses anymore I don't think 100% and 
with Zach Taylor, we've not really talked about him too much throughout the offseason. We've tended to just focus on the roster. But it you forget because... The NFL said the off-season is such a long off-season. It really gives time for people to switch off and relax. And you tend to sort of forget just how intense the actual season is when it's on. There's so many polarizing opinions. People are up and down and get him in, get him out. This guy's useless. Like, it really is a crazy period of time. And I think with Zach Taylor... He is massively on the hot seat. And he was, I think, for me, almost dead and buried at the end of last season. But he really got himself out of jail with that fantastic win against the Steelers. I just think it was so overdue for Bengals fans to get a win like that against the Steelers at home with Ryan Finley. No one gave him a chance. And I think it was a massive win for him, a huge confidence boost and something he desperately needed that I think for the ownership could justify giving him another season. And as you mentioned, and you completely bang on, it's his roster now. There's virtually no surviving players from the Marvin Lewis era. There's a couple sprinkled in there, but that's about it. Um, It's a big year for him. And I think I don't think it's enough to just improve again. I think the Bengals have got to win seven, eight games at the absolute minimum. I think probably more than that for me to be satisfied that we're going in the right direction. Um, and I think we've got to come out of the blocks quickly. And that's going to be, like I said, a lot of, not just on Lou on the defensive side of the ball to mesh those guys together, but for Zach as well as the head coach of this team, a lot of young players, a lot of players coming back from injury, you know, etc. to make them work quickly. You know, we can't afford again to sort of, find ourselves mid-season but be two and six before we start playing properly we've got to come out of the blocks and play well um it's you know tough schedule as it always is so big big pressure on him i think this season now uh the training camp starts on july the 27th and we'll be back next week to talk more uh, i'm sorry it's not the end of the podcast i'm just saying we will be back next week we're not going to throw all our good stuff at the wall this week. Um, uh, some would argue we've done that about half an hour ago. Um, but anyway, um, we will be back and we'll be sort of taking our time going through the roster, as, as most people will. I'm excited to see how things uh, work out. Well, as I mentioned earlier, we do have a special guest in this episode. Uh, so Nathan, I think we should bring him in really because he's going to give us a really good insight on, on, into what training camp is all about. And as promised, we have uh, we have a really special guest today with training camp on the horizon. Uh, I thought it'd be a good idea to try and get an actual Bengals player to talk to, and obviously, as regular listeners uh, know, that we've had quite a few Bengals players. But this time, we're talking to running back Travion Williams. Travion, how you doing, man? How you doing, man? Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Now, um, just looking at your stats for the Aggies, ta- Texas A&M, your college career, you absolutely tore it up. Um, so there was lots of excitement when you were drafted by the Bengals. Um, it's been semi-frustrating for you, but what, what, would you, what, do you, what would you say you've learned in the past couple of years since being an actual NFL player? Oh, man, dude, I... I can't speak the numbers uh, to the, the amount of knowledge that I've gained. Um, it's crazy, you know, coming in and coming from Texas and then coming from the situation that I was in um, and then coming to the NFL. It's, it's a humbling experience. So you definitely learn a lot as time goes on. Um, you learn a lot about yourself. So um, kind of throughout this whole process, being in the NFL, man, I learned a lot about myself, learned a lot about, you know, who I am as a person. And um, that really transcended into the direction that I'm going within myself. So I'm excited for the future, and um, I'm ready to see what uh, see what the future holds for this year. So what, what? Let's talk specifics. What have you learned about yourself? Is it resilience? Is it mental strength? As I say, because you came into the NFL with all these kind of rushing records from uh, from Texas, and then suddenly you really had to wait your turn, didn't you? You were behind. Joe and Gio and then uh, uh, Samaje and um, mm. I, I guess it was I guess it was frustrating. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but have you what have you learned about yourself specifically? Oh yeah, definitely. I, I wouldn't say it's frustrating, but it was just a humbling experience. Um, it was definitely, of course, it's not how you wanted it to go, but of course, um, like I said, this is a very important year coming up, and I'm excited for it. But um, I learned a lot about myself, just mental toughness. 
um, just endurance uh, within the mind, physically, mentally, and just resiliency. Just um, basically when things aren't always going your way, just, um, you know, stack, stacking bricks by bricks and uh, waking up every day with a goal in mind. And I always think back to, you know, remember why I started. I, I just always think back to when I was a kid, always wishing to be, you know, in this moment, being where I am today. So just, you know, when I'm here today, I don't want to take that for granted. So, like I said, just keep working every day. Just keep coming to work every day, showing that I am who I am and my value holds its own. So just, uh, like I said, just hold my value and showing what I can do, but just learn a lot about myself and what I want to do for the future. So, like I said, I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for this year, man, and I'm ready to see how this goes. And you've always been absolutely brilliant with the fans. And I think the fans really itching to see you on the field more because when you have been on the field, especially that Baltimore game last year, you absolutely tore it up. And it was just like, this guy's got real talent. We should be seeing more of him. With Geo gone, uh, are you hoping that you'll get more of an opportunity to, to show your talents this year? Oh yeah. First off, man. But like you said, first off, man, with the fans, man, it's the fans make the game, you know, the game would not be what it is without the fans. So that's, probably the number one thing that I'm most excited about this year, man, having having the fans be able to be back in the stands, um, having, you know, Who Day Nation, having everybody back in the stands, man, and be back in Paul Brown. So I'm excited for that, man. But, um, yeah, like I said, with the departure of Geo, man, that's, a, you know, that's just an opportunity, another opportunity for somebody to step up. And I definitely feel like I'm that guy that I'm ready to go and I'm ready to do what I got to do, work my butt off this offseason, work the hardest I've ever worked. So um, just ready for that, you know, new role and ready to see where the future goes. You look like you've been working out, man. You look like, you know. Dude, I, I, I worked my butt off this year, man. Completely changed my body. Completely got my body ready. Um, changed my whole physique and everything that I needed to do to be a pro and be a pro for a long time. So I'm ready for it. Ready to see what the future holds. Like you said, man, I'm, I'm ready to compete, man. That's it. When you say, we've heard players say that they changed their physique, right? Now, as you can see, me and Nathan are Olympic standard athletes. <laughs> Looking um, good over there. <laughs> we don't. I'm 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 drinking a beer, and you've got uh -huh. loads of protein shakes behind you in your kitchen. Uh -huh. um, how 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 would you how would you recommend me and Nathan changing their? How do you go about changing your physique? We've heard it so often, but what do you actually? What does that actually entail? Oh man, dude, it started with um with nutrition. It's crazy. Um, people don't realize, man, you can lift all the weights in the world, you can run all the sprints, you can do all the sweating, but if you don't have the proper nutrition, your body will not excel in the right direction. Um, it came down to nutrition, it completely changed my nutrition, got the right nutrition, it's got everything that I needed, you know, for my body. Cause I mean, if you think about it, I mean your body is an investment. I am I am my own business. So I had to invest back into my business. And one of those decisions that I had to make was investing into the right nutritional standpoint that I needed, man. And doing the right protein, like isodiamatized, that's that's um that's a protein I've been using um when working with that company. So definitely um that was the right protein for me, it was definitely what my body needed, what my muscles needed, and uh, it allowed me, you know, allowed me to transcend in the right direction and allow me to maximize my potential in every in every way. So so there's hope for me and Nathan yet, you say? Let's ship us some of that protein. It's always hope. <laughs> you just got to find it. There's always hope, man. <laughs> oh, that's good to hear. That's exactly what I, what I wanted to hear, man. Um, we, we hear about training camp. We get excited about it because it's a, a, an opportunity for fans like us to see players in pads again, yeah. full contact, all the rest of it. Um, what's it like for a player? What are you? Do you get excited about training camp? Do you have specific things in your mind uh, going into camp that you want to achieve and what you want to improve on? It just take us through the the mind of a, a player as you as you as you approach training camp. Man, you gotta love training camp. Um, training camp is uh, obviously the optimal level of competition. The one word for training camp is probably compete. You know, when you, you talk about training camp, that's the first competition that you get in before you get into the season. So, you know, you're competing with yourself, competing within your team, and you learn so much about the guy that you're playing next to for that year. So, I um, mean, you know, it's an important time where you gain respect for the guys in the locker room, you gain respect for the coaching staff, and just everybody to get a feel for what the new team is going to be for that year. And um, it was kind of hard last year because last year we weren't able to have the regular training camp. 
Um, so it's a new training camp. It's not a new training camp, but back to the old ways where, you know, get to get gritty. Fans get to be there, preseason games, and just really get to display what you can do. So um, it's an opportunity to really showcase what you can do, and um, you got to use it. Use every opportunity to your maximum and, and show what you can do. Tragon, tell us a bit about the running back room. Obviously, Joe Mixon, the main man in that room. But like about yourself, Samar obviously Chris Evans coming in as a rookie out of Michigan. What's the unit like? Is it a tight-knit bunch? You know, What are you expecting from it this year? I mean, it's an exciting running back group, man. Um, obviously, an outstanding running back group. A lot of different guys, a lot of different tangibles that everybody have. Uh, everybody have a different skill set. But, um, yeah, it's a tight-knit group. We all, I always say that, man, in the running back room. We always, um, we always stay close. We always have been a close group, and I feel like we always will be. It's a res respect standpoint, and, uh, you know, we all giggle and laugh and do all the things, man. You know, we got a new running back coach, um, Justin Hill. Yeah. Closer. But, um, yeah, he came in, and he's gained everybody respect. I know I he definitely has my respect. He's an outstanding guy. Um, he loves the work. That's his number one priority is work. And then, you know, you have fun later. But um, definitely everybody's tight-knit group, man. Everybody's competing. Everybody's want to, you know, work out and do what we can do from our standpoint, our running back room to help this team win. So I'm excited for that, excited for this room, ready to see how that goes. Talking about helping the team win outside of that running back room, are there any positions on this team that you think are a real point of strength going into 2021? I mean, obviously people are talking about the wide receiver room looks strong with Jamar Chase coming in. Obviously they've revamped the defensive line as well with a few new guys coming in. But are there any positions that you've noticed that you think are going to be a point of strength going into this year? Oh, offensive line, man. Um, at, any, at any level of football, you know, in the trenches, offensive line, defensive line, that completely chose the game, completely controlled the whole element of the game. And I definitely feel like, you know, our offensive line is, is definitely transcending in the right direction. It's fly with, with flying colors. And then, you know, with the um, return of um, Coach Pollock and, um, you yeah. know, we did a lot in offseason with with um, trades and, and, the, um, and the draft. So I'm extremely excited about the offensive line group, man. Those guys have been working it, but uh, I've seen it, the team seen it, the coaching staff sees it. And I just can't wait for um, the nation, the, the fans base, and everybody to see, you know, how they've been working. But, um, yeah, definitely offensive line, defensive line, they've been doing their, doing their job. And I'm excited about the wide receiver room as well. So, Tell, tell us a bit more about Coach Pollock, because I know it was a very exciting move to bring him back, and a lot of the, the players seem very excited and happy about that move. Tell us a bit about him as a coach. Uh-huh. Oh, it's crazy, because I didn't, I didn't know much about him, um, because when I came in as a rookie, he had just departed. Uh, yeah. So when I came in as a rookie, um, Jim Turner came in with me as well. And he was my offensive line coach at Texas A&M. So yeah. that's all I knew. But, uh, you know, from talking with, with Joe Mixon and Joe speaks so highly of him. And um, yeah. I, I can definitely see why from the time he stepped on, uh, stepped it back in the building, man. He's a guy that he demands, he demands, uh, you know, close attention to detail. And at the end of the day, man, in the NFL, man, details are what wins this game. So um, he's a guy that, that knows what it takes to win. He's a guy that's shown, and um, he's a guy that has the tangibles to really put the offensive line in the right position. So I'm excited to be a running back and to be able to run behind that, and I'm excited to see um, how this really completely changed from last year. So excited to see how the future goes, man. I, I can't tell you guys enough how excited I am for this year. Um, that's what we like to hear. Absolutely. Um, just going back to Coach Pollack again, I think Bengals fans are really excited to have him back. Um, and also he's been named running game coordinator as well. So have you had much sort of dealing with him in OTAs? And mini well, obviously you had a very, very short mini camp there, but um, certainly in OTAs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's a he's a hands on guy, extremely hands on, especially when it comes down to run game coordinating. Just the simple things from the simple nuances of um, different play calls and different schemes. It's, it's, it's something you can do for every scheme that you get. So um, he's a guy that breaks it down completely to the T. And um, and he's a guy that really breaks it down so everybody in each standpoint can know because the offensive line has to know the same things that the receivers have to know, that the running backs have to know, that the quarterbacks have to know. And if we are moving cohesively in one unit, it, it, it's, it'll be scary. So, um, yeah, like I said, he's a guy that, that definitely did the right things and showed everybody the details that needs to be done. And um, like I said, I'm excited, man. Can't say it enough. And just to round this off, Travion, thank you so much for the time. Um, oh, man, no we, um, we genuinely can't wait to see you back on that field much more this season. Um, mm -hmm. When you're going into camp, you're talking like, to me, just listen to you talk, you're talking like a veteran. 
you know what it takes to be an NFL player now. You know what you have to do to stay on that roster. You know what you have to do to kind of thrive within the system and the scheme. Yeah, for sure. What what are you what are you looking at specifically um, to kind of improve on? What's your mindset going into training camp now? Man, it's crazy. Um, it's crazy to believe that this is year three for me, man. It's, it's crazy how the years fly by. Um, but I definitely feel like you know God did everything for a reason. He didn't want to throw me into the fire too early because I've I'm a completely different guy from rookie year to year three, man, I've learned so much. And it's just the little things you know, coming from just preparation and the way that you prepare yourself and just taking care of your body and doing the little things, making sure that you're ready for every element mm-hmm. of the game, because it's a long season, man. It's going to be an extremely long season. And that's what you don't realize, realize about the NFL, man. It's an extremely long season. So you got to be able to be ready physically and mentally. And um, like I said, right now, I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life, physically and mentally, especially mentally. And it's definitely physically as well. But um, definitely, man, i just just been improving on the little things that I need, man, to really showcase what I can do. You know, being a third down back, being a guy that can just be a playmaker, um, a guy that can be a playmaker and just stay on the field, um, a guy that can run between the tackles and also special teams. You know, I'm a guy that I always play special teams. Um, that, that's just something that, that I like to do, something that I've shown value in. And also, you know, being a running back as well. So I'm excited for that and just excited to maximize my potential and, and just show value to, you know, earn a roster spot and, and just be that guy on this team. So um, you turn up to uh, Paul Brown next week, training camp, and mm-hmm. you see two guys from the UK looking a bit nervous. They've just made the roster. <laughs> You know, we might make special teams. We might make being uh, water boys. You know, on the side of the, on the field there. Um, uh, what what kind of advice are you giving rookies? Talented, very talented rookies like me and Nathan. Um, very talented. What what would what advice would you give uh, to me and Nathan? Extremely talented guys like you. I, I don't think you guys need any advice because. <laughs> 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 nah, man, but um, I definitely just tell guys, man, just compete. Um, just come to work every day, and, and you got to be able to compartmentalize. You got to be able to um, be able to keep outside, you know, whatever's outside the building. You got to keep that outside the building. Just know when you come to work every day, you got to be able to tune in because um, this is your job. This is not what you do for fun. Obviously, it's fun, yeah, but this is your job. This is what you have to do. This is the obligation that you have to make. So it's going to take sacrifices. Um, you're not going to be able to do all the things that you want to do, but you have to do what you have to do to be successful. And you got to put the team first always, man. So you got to be able to be the best that you can be, do your part. And when all guys on the field do their part, everybody can win. So that's that's my advice to rookie. I think we're I think we're in a shout, Nathan. I think we're all, all... He's, he's pumped, you've pumped me up for the season, Trevor, massively. It's like, uh-huh. like a pep talk you're giving uh-huh. me. Uh-huh. Y'all got it, man. Y'all got it. I, Look I, at I, that I, captain. I better check out a video on report day. <laughs> oh, man. You could be like some sort of... Mo- you should do TED Talks or something like that when yeah. you finish, man. Oh, uh, man. I love, I love it, man. I love uh, it. Listen, Trevor, thank you so much for the time. And really, I mean... We're going to be rooting for you because, A, you're a really nice guy and we can't thank you enough for spending some time with us. But also, we've seen your talent, man. So we wish you the best of luck and we want to see you on that field more this year and hopefully you can tear things up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just know when I get my opportunity, man, special things going to happen. So I'm excited for it, man. So I just show what I can do this year. So we give a big wavy to Travy and thank him very much there uh, for coming oh, on God. to the uh, podcast. Um, and it was fascinating, really. I, I, and I do think when he gets on the field, he, he has shown some flashes of ability. And I do hope that he gets more um, more chances here to shine and show what he's all about. Against Baltimore, right at the end of the season, yes, we were getting battered. Yes, it was garbage time. But it means something to players to get on the on the field. And he certainly showed some desire and some skills. So, yeah, I, I think we I speak for everyone when we say we wish him well this season. 100%. And like you said, for any player in the NFL to get onto the field in re- the regular season, it doesn't matter if you're down 50 to nothing, you want to put some good stats up, you want to put some good film on tape, and it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And, you know, I think he played really well then, and great guy, and wish him all the best for the, for the upcoming season. 
Yes, absolutely. Right, let's get to our correspondence. Um, we are, of course, at Hooday underscore UK on Twitter, Bengals UK on Facebook. We'll be doing some lots more video stuff this year, so do check out our, our YouTube channel, which is Bengals UK. We've got some exciting plan for the autumn, but we'll, we'll tell you about that in due course. And I, I put it out there today. I asked people how they were and, and what they were looking forward to and whether they were eating their popsicles and ice lollies to keep cool. So this is Jamie at Trekwart Beaster. Been all right, recovered from the cocoa. Uh, he means obviously coronavirus. Um, obviously looking forward to seeing Big Joey B in pads, but I also can't wait to see what we have with Osai. I think Punter will be a really interesting battle. Chrisman has an opportunity to get on the roster. You see, a lot of people have been talking about this, and um, I'd be absolutely shocked if he gets on the roster, because Kevin Huber is still playing at a very, very high level indeed, and he actually had one of his best seasons last year. So I was going to say, yeah. I, know, I just don't uh, think they'll take a risk on a guy that young, even though he's got all the trick shot videos, he looks like a talent. I'm just not sure that they're going to go with an unproven guy in pressure situations when you've got a pro and a locker room leader and a quality player like Kevin Huber. I'm just not sure. I'm sure they'll keep him on the practice squad and keep yeah. an eye on him. I'd be shocked if he unseated Kev. Well, it's one of those specialist positions, punter, isn't it? If anything does happen and, you know, if COVID strikes again, it is worth having someone on the practice squad that can step in if necessary. Um, but, yeah, I think there's been an unexpected sort of amount of chat about this i just can't see it i never have done i just think kevin huber i i know chrisman is talented he's a, and you'd hope with some tutelage from darren simmons that um you know he will uh he will be you know he will be nicely developed and he could come through because kevin you know he's, he's towards the end of his career let's face it but i just think he's playing too well and he's a seasoned pro he had one of his best years last year and I don't know. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Exactly, but it's not—it's not—not um, not a bad idea to have a, a young lad waiting in the wings, um, teaching him the. Uh, but that's like showing a him the podcast, ropes. isn't it? We just got a young lad waiting in the wings with an older presenter that's nearing the end of his <laughs> career. You know, <laughs> which one's which, though, Nathan? That—that's what people are asking. <laughs> Michael McGarren at Med Writer Mike. Hello, Mike. Solid handle. All good here. Though give me a fab over a Solero any day. Controversial. Although I do Oof. like a fab. I do like a fab. I do like a fab. But you yeah. have to eat fabs properly, though. And how you does to, you one have to dissect, eat? You have to dissect the chocolate from the top, then the white layer, and then you go down the, the red layer. Like in like a popsicle. You can't you can't like some people bite fabs. You imagine you're biting it. <laughs> you just bit into a fat. How awful would that be? I know. Americans really don't know what we're talking about now. Um, anyway, Mike continues. He says, I'm hoping to see evidence from mask wearing, etc., in camp that shows we've hit the 85% threshold. I think we. I think most people do, don't they, Mike, really? Um, Dunk. Exactly, I'm not, for anyone that doesn't know, is, is that saying that if you get 85% of the team vaccinated, you don't need to wear any masks during camp? Is I think that that's mean? what Mike's saying. Mike, Mike is yeah. hoping that 85%, the threshold has been met. So yeah. you, you will see less people masking up than than the majority, let's say. Um, I surprised if we meet 85%, if I'm honest. We'll see. We'll see if Zach's carrot... Um, did the job when they finished uh, um, minicamp early. We'll see, we'll see. I think there's a lot more to go on this COVID stuff and anybody who lives in the UK will know that, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, ooh, this Delta variant is a little bit tasty. Um, Duncan, dastardly Duncan, I too have reignited my love of Soleros. Three in the past week, you absolute animal, Duncan. Um we're projected at the moment to have 20 million in cap space, so it seems odd to me that we can't improve further. One or two free agents still out there, like Ingram. Well, you have to scratch Ingram off. Uh, KJ Wright, Casey, Rater, Rick Wagner. KJ Wright would be good. Yeah, I'm, I'm keen on KJ Wright, and I'm keen on Jarrell Casey as well. I mean, I, I think they will pick up. I mean, listen, there's plenty of time. Once people are back in camp, 
you know, injuries will, will occur, people will start cutting people, you know, rosters will be trimmed. Um, I do think we'll add, you know, one or two players, I think. That's my prediction. And I do think, yeah, someone on the defensive side of the ball, certainly um, either on the line or certainly at linebacker, um, is a probability. Memphis Soul Stewart, Stuart Bears, 688. Hello, Stu. Nice to see you again. I prefer a nice Mr. Whippy. <laughs> you can't really go wrong with Mr. Whippy, you can't. can you? You can't. Standard. You can't. Uh, Pete Danswell at Dadders. Euros filled a nice pre-season hole. Red's interest has done the same. All now leading up to camp and focus on Bengals' season ahead. Looking forward to seeing Burrow renewing a connection with Chase, T and Tyler. Kicking battles and punting are sneaky inciting. No Soleros here. There's another one who thinks that... I don't see it. I don't see... Maybe I'm wrong on this, but I just don't see... Uh, I think McPherson will win the kicking job. Um, and I think Huber will, uh, you know, be fine on the punting. Again, maybe it's just me. I don't know. No, I, I'm with you, Sam. I'm I'll back. Okay, you maybe it's just us two then. I don't know. <laughs> um, Michael Smith at solid underscore handle. Solid handle. It'd been fine. Um, all right, cheers, Mike. Just asking. Bloody hell. Uh, wouldn't miss it for the world. <laughs> Um, the assumption is uh, Riley Reef at left tackle. Jonah Williams may have to say something about that. None but eaten far too much ice cream, gelato and chocolate. Also, as Bengal fans, what's the most stressful position? For example, O-line to watch. Um, I think he means Reef at right tackle, don't you? Um, you must do, yeah. Reef at right tackle, Jonah at left. Yeah, yeah. And let's hope that... Um, What's the most stressful position to watch? That's a good question. I've not really thought of that before. For me, it was always actually quarterback when Dalton was in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think we said on this podcast before, when he sort of launches a ball downfield and the camera sort of catches up, you're never quite sure. Your heart was in your mouth whether it was actually going to reach the um, intended player or not. But with, with Burrow, my confidence in... Uh, a quarter, our quarterback throwing to one of our players, it has uh, gone through the roof. So I don't really that the stress has been taken out of that now. I think um, it's a good point, Matt, because I remember when Carson Palmer was at his peak back in like oh five, oh six, and he was just slinging it about. And whenever he dropped back, you just thought something was going to happen. You felt confident. You felt he was just going to hit TJ Hushmanzada between the gloves or Chad. And it was a really like confidence-boosting thing. But uh, there were times with Dalton where I did feel a bit like that. But there were also times, as you just mentioned, that you just felt that he looked a bit giddy in the pocket and there was pick sixes that were going to be happening. And well, like you said with Burrow, there was a real transition there where he played really well um, at the start of last year. And that confidence was certainly there um, for me anyway. But I just hope now, obviously with him coming back from his injury. I mean, that's going to be a bit stressful as well, isn't it? If you see players sort of ganging up on him and maybe hitting him a bit low and stuff like that, you're going to be, your heart's going to be in your mouth when he takes a shot next year. Yes, I think that's it. Isn't it? Everyone's going to be on borrow watch, certainly through training camp when he t takes sort of meaningful snaps, uh, you know, with full contact. But he's got to do it sooner or later when he's ready, obviously, when he's ready, medically ready. Um, but the first game, you know, yeah, everyone's heart's going to be in their mouths, isn't it, really? Let's hope that... Um... Do you not think, son, just just quickly on the mm. subject of Burrow, it's massive, isn't it? Because obviously everyone's whispering the open, he's all right. Everything that's come out of the Bengals so far has looked very positive. He, he, you know, he was at that mini camp, he's moving around, all the videos that he's been throwing look good. But it really is going to be huge for us that he can not only just get on the field but that his mobility is not impacted his confidence is not impacted mentally he's not impacted that he can really come back and play well because you've seen it in the past with other quarterbacks that you know looking at like a Carson Wentz has potentially not really got back to the level he would have liked after an injury like that and I think for all of us everything hinges on Joe Burrow you know this team only goes through him he has to play well he has to play at least as good as he played last year obviously better than that if we want to make a real run at it so it, it's just so much hinges on that. We can really go through the roster position by position and bang on about the linebackers. But ultimately, it's all on him, isn't it? I mean, if he can come back healthy and really look strong, 
and look completely not bothered by the injury and he's fresh and he's moving around, that's bigger than anything else on the roster for me, to be honest. I agree. And it leads neatly into this question from Nigel Granger at fleet underscore risk. I am feeling weirdly positive about the new season. It feels like we have performance at all positions and with Joe at the helm, I feel a sneaky playoffs heading our way. Maybe it's just the heat and it will pass when it turns cooler. (laughs) I mean, sit yourself down, Nigel. Stick your head in the fridge and relax for a bit. But I think he makes a really good point. I think... I genuinely think the majority, the vast majority of Bengals fans go into the season pretty positive. Uh, I, I'm not saying they're going to reach the playoffs, but I do think if they start playing like they did before Joe Boy went down with the injury on offense, then we've got a chance of beating any team in the NFL. I'm going to say that right now. Um, no, yeah, yeah. But... Uh, they need to get that defence sorted out, or else if they can't, then it's every game is just going to be it's going to be like cardiac cats again. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I'm positive. Uh, we'll get into predictions later on in the summer, but uh, as I say, uh, not today. Matthew at our underscore M4TT. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm looking forward to seeing Evan McPherson ping 55 yarders over the post. I am too, Matthew, I must say. And the rest, 60 yarders I want to see from old Evan. Hello. Matt Moon, heard someone mention recently that we only lost to the highly rated Browns by just five and three points early last season. And now we've added Chase and got Burrow playing in his second season. I'm wondering if I may be underestimating what this team is capable of. I don't know. I think there's a long way to go. There are some holes in that roster. I do think having Pollack as uh, not only offensive line coach, but as Travion mentioned, as the running backs coordinator, fully fit Mixon, fully fit Jonah Williams, fully fit DJ Reader. You know, there are there's, this team has potential. I'll put it that way. I'm 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 quite positive that we're going to have a fun season this year. Yeah, I think it's going to be. I think it'll be interesting. Obviously, on the offensive side of the ball, I think the, the team looks excellent on paper, and that'll be exciting. Especially if we play like you said, anything that like we did at the end of last year. The only thing I would say is every single fan base in the NFL now will be cautiously optimistic. And the last two seasons, whenever we've polled fans, yeah, how do you feel about the new season? I remember the season before last. I don't think anyone had us down as uh, having a losing record when we went through the fan predictions and we ended up being the worst team in the NFL. So I, I got it. you've got to temper the excitement and see what happens. A long way to go yet, but certainly on paper, on the offensive side of the ball, we could be very good there, I'd say. And Jamie Chipson with another question. With the wide variety of characters given a Bengals makeover by fans recently, which British superhero stroke TV icons do you think would work in Bengals form? An orange and black banana man. Um, now we don't really do see superheroes over over here. I know that there are some that there's some in the Marvel universe, I think. But um, certainly, it's more of a, a kid thing, really. We've got like as Banana Man. Um, I can't maybe Super Ted. Do you remember? Oh, you probably won't. No, no, I've got Ted. it. Sir. Go, on, got go it. on, go on, go on, go on. A Bengals theme, Dick Dastardly. Dick Dastardly's not not British though, is he? It doesn't need to be brilliant. I'm just saying, like, a good idea. For oh, the, I see. Right, Dick, right. Dick Dasselu with that orange and black helmet on in his Bengals car, absolutely throwing the other teams off the road with Muttley dressed up in like a dressed up as like a tiger next to him. Well, maybe next time we'll go to Cincinnati, we will uh, we'll we'll have a word with a few people and. Um... Yeah, but who's going to be dastardly and who's going to be Muttley? I know who's going to be saddled with Muttley. It'll be me, won't it? <laughs> oh, we can alternate, maybe. I feel like, you, you know, you've got the sort of uh, physique of Muttley's. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that doesn't give me motivation to get back but in the gym... But you've also got dastardly's moustache, though. That's the other exactly. thing you've got. You've got dastardly's moustache. I am covering all bases there, to be honest with you. Yeah, you are. Um, but yeah, the Britain really... I mean, don't look to us for superheroes. We're not very good at uh, superheroes. Really. Bengals-themed noddy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to or think bag of. Puss. Oh, no, a bag puss would be marvellous. Uh, that would be. That would go along with a the cat theme as well, you see. Anyway. Um, okay, guys, thank you so much for the correspondence. It's good to be back. Uh, the roller coaster will commence 
Um, uh, right now, a dog is barking now outside the window. We've gone from motorbikes to dogs. Um, but that's okay. Um, right, we'll be back next week. We'll be talking more about training camp. We'll no doubt have another special guest. Please do take care of yourselves out there. I know things have opened up significantly, but it's still quite scary. So do take care. And uh, we'll, we'll be back next week. So until then, it's a who day from me. And who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.